0: good morning. It is great to see you guys here today. And we are starting a new series called I Need Prayer. Now, I'm not sure we need that kind of prayer, but we need prayer, don't we? Prayer is an amazing thing that we have the capacity and the ability to connect with the invisible, transcendent, almighty, eternal, living God that he's accessible and available to us through prayer. That's incredible, isn't it? And uh, it's something that's common to each one of us. We all pray. I don't know about you. I've asked people in different situations and scenarios, hey, can I pray for you? And rarely, rarely, rarely does someone ever turn you down to pray. A waitress or a waiter, I'll ask them to pray or we'll go out on uh, Monday nights in our gospel training and, and just say, hey, can we pray for you? And time and again, even people that are agnostic or unsure about their faith or unsure about God or Christianity or Christ, they'll say, yes, you can pray pray. You can pray for us. We are all wired for prayer. Did you know that? There's something in us that longs for for connection with with our creator. And we all know that we need prayer. So here's the deal. This is a great series for us. I believe God's going to do some things in your life and in my life and deepen our commitment and practice of prayer. But this is also going to be a great series to invite some other folks to come because guess what? They need prayer they need prayer. And so we're going to be praying uh, for them and we're going to be learning how to pray together. But we need prayer that's uh, a little better than the Pledge of Allegiance. We need prayer that makes a difference in our life, that, that we see God at work and moving in our lives. And it reminds me of a friend of mine, Steve, who went up to his pastor one day and he said, I need you to pray for my hearing. And the pastor, that's all the pastor needed to hear. That was his cue, man. He, he grabbed the guy by his two earlobes and he started praying a, a fervent prayer. God, would you, I release this man's prayer, uh, hearing in the name of Jesus. And would you, you allow him to hear again and, and Lord, just be the healer and divine. And he just went on and went off. And he stepped back from the man. and he said, brother, how's your hearing now? And the man said, I'm not sure. It's at the courthouse next, no, courthouse next Tuesday. I'll let you know. we need prayer. I mean, the pastor got it wrong, but he got something right. He prayed like he meant it. And, and when you say prayer, like you mean it, it made me think of Hardee's because everything goes around food for me. I don't know about y'all. But, and they say, what's their motto? Eat like you mean it. Eat like you mean it. You heard that one, right? So I got the thick burger. Look at this thing. Is that not disgusting? I mean, beautifully discussed. I had to get it yesterday because they don't serve it for breakfast. I'm not about to take a bite out of this. But if you're going to eat a two-third pound thick burger with bacon, you're going to eat like you mean it. Well, guess what, guys? Today, we're going to learn what it means to pray like we mean it, how to go boldly before God and ask of Him and connect with Him in a big, bold, meaningful way in our prayer life. I, I believe so many of us as believers get bored in prayer, yet we should be bold In prayer instead of bored in prayer. So, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to actually be starting in a a story from Genesis chapter 24, and I'm going to pick up the story. It starts with Abraham. The man Abraham is, is like the key figure in the book of Genesis, and God had made him some promises and said, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make a nation flow from your body. I'm going to give you a land known as Israel today. I'm going to give you that land. Uh, The Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who's going to fix what was broken in the Garden of Eden, he's going to come through your line. And God had given him all these amazing promises. So there was a lot riding on Abraham's family. And there was a lot riding on his family getting it right and following God and living for God. And so Abraham's getting old, and this is where we pick up the story. It says this. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. And he said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, he said, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but go to my country and my relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Yeah, I just want to back up a second. And he said, put your hand under my thigh, and I want you to realize his hand went where you think his hand went. And he made him swear an oath in a very delicate place. Now, that's an oath right there. You understand the seriousness of what Abraham was asking this man. I want you to go back to my people and get a a wife for my son. And I also want you to realize this is not an issue of race, at all. It wasn't that the Canaanites were impure because of their race. God had called uh, Abraham to find a wife for Isaac because he wanted a woman that would love and fear God. And the Canaanites worshiped other gods and false gods. So he said, servant, go back to my homeland and find someone who loves Yahweh, the God of, of, of our ancestors that she might wed my, my son. And so the servant leaves in obedience and arrives at the new place, and he gets back to town, and he heads to the club. No. No, he didn't do that. And he gets online, and he goes to match.com to find somebody for Isaac. No, that's not what he did In fact, he did first what we often do last. He prays. He prays. He arrives in the place, and he's ready for God to work, and he prays. Look at this prayer in um, verses 12 of chapter 24. It says, then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water from the well. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And this servant prays a prayer that is really a challenging prayer for all of us. And what's interesting about this is this servant who God doesn't even bother to name. He doesn't even give us the name of this servant. He's insignificant in other that he prays like he means it. And his prayer really involves two things. If we're going to pray like we mean it, there's two things that we need to learn from his prayer. And the first thing you need to learn and I need to learn is we need to pray specifically. Pray specifically for the things that you ask of the Father that you want of the Father. And we're to ask in a clear way, in a specific way. And that's what he does. He says, God, when the women come out, when one does this thing and I ask her that and she does this, God, would that be the one? Now, I do want to say you can kind of get carried away with this. You can always ask God for a sign and a sign and a sign and, and never really believe by faith that God's answering prayer. And I was, in fact, on the way here, I was listening to Christian radio and I heard a story of somebody just take, making too much of a sign. I think you can overplay the whole sign thing. But the principle is priceless. The principle of asking specifically from God what you need from Him is beautiful. See, we pray such generic prayers. I'm convicted of this as I talk to you about it. We pray such generic prayers. We don't even know if God answers them or not. We say things like, God, would you bless my family? And look, I'm not knocking that prayer. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. But when we say, God, bless my family. What do we mean by that? What are we asking of God? And if he did it, would we even know it? Instead, maybe you want to do like I've started doing for my family for years now. I pray, God, would you give my wife and my kids the spirit of revelation and wisdom that they might know you better from Ephesians chapter 1. I'm asking God that if nothing else, my kids and my wives would love God with all their heart. And that, God, if you would bless them in that way, that specific way, man, my heart would be full. That's what I desire from you, God. Instead of God, give me patience today at work. I hate that prayer anyway. How about you? Because he always gives you a trying situation when you ask for patience. I hate that prayer. But instead of that, what if we said, God, I know my boss is going to push my buttons today. I know it's going to be frustrating at work today and what I'm asking for you God is not that those situations won't come but that your love and your kindness and your mercy and your goodness would so overwhelm my heart that when that my boss pushes my buttons that I wouldn't react out of flesh I wouldn't react out of my own selfishness that I would react and act in the love and kindness of Jesus Christ towards them because I don't ultimately work for them I work for you man that's a prayer That's a bold, specific prayer. In fact, it's okay to be that bold. Jesus tells us you should pray these kind of prayers. Look what he says in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this. Ask. 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 And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. And the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Man, those are some great promises that God says, listen, I want you to ask. And then he says this, which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give, what kind of gifts? Good gifts to those who ask Him. God is saying, listen, you can trust me and you can ask me. Tell me what you need. I'm waiting for you to come to me. I know something I had to get over in my prayer life is being too nice. Some of you are too nice and too polite when it comes to your relationship with God and you think, well, God's really busy right now. God doesn't want to hear from me right now or I'm not being as faithful as I should be right now so I don't need to be talking to him or asking for things from him right now. I don't want to bother God. And so we're too polite. And we don't come boldly to God and ask of things that we need from him. Now, the other of us are exactly the opposite. We got a whole laundry list of things we want from God. And we're ask, ask, ask all the time. And there's nothing, anything wrong with that as well. But realize something. I love this. This set me free. Realize something that he only gives what kind of gifts? Good gifts. God is the giver of what kind of gifts? Good gifts. That means he does not give bad gifts. And that means he doesn't give us everything we want. Because everything we want is not always good. You got it. So he takes the bad requests. He takes the things that were not good for us. He takes the requests that aren't going to be in his master plan. And he says, listen, I hear you, but that's not good for you. So I'm not going to give it to you because I love you. And I only give what kind of gifts? Good gifts. I will never forget my freshman year of college, sitting out in the the quadrant in between a bunch of dorms, crying my eyes out. Everybody say, wham. My high school sweetheart, who was not Gabriel, had just broke up with me. My kids are chuckling. And I had prayed. We dated about a year and a half, and I had prayed, God, I want to marry this girl. God, would you let us get back together? God, would you help her change her mind? She broke up with me. And uh, God, if you would just see it in your wisdom, we could put us back together, God. And God says, no. That's not what's best for you. That's not going to work out so well. I couldn't be standing on that st- this stage today if I had married her. And God only gives what kind of gifts? Good gifts. Only good gifts. He does that because he loves us and he filters out. There. I want to ask you a question. How many of you, just be honest. We're in church. You got to be honest, right? How many since January 1 have thrown down money on the mega millions this year uh, trying to win a little money? Come on now, I'm waiting. Okay, everybody look around. These are the heathens. Keep your hands up. (laughs) I'm not picking on you. Uh, Hey, thank you for your honesty. Listen, if you did that, then you prayed. If you put money down on the mega millions, you prayed. And this is what your prayer sounded like. You said, oh God, the holy righteous one, God, I'm not sure if this is gambling or if gambling's right. But if I win the Mega Millions, I promise I'll tithe. I'll give 10%. Every last one of y'all prayed that prayer. 20%. And you didn't win? (laughs) Not a one of you won the Mega Millions. At least you better not have. I should have known. None of you want it, and here's why. He only gives good gifts. Do you know what happens to people that win the Mega Millions? Do you realize it ends in torn relationships, bankruptcy, and a miserable life 95% of the time? And God says, I'm not answering that, because I only give good gifts. You got it. He filters out the bad requests. So here's if we're going to pray specifically, here's what you do. Here's, here's the homework assignment. Every one of us, maybe you've got a prayer list already, but your prayer list might need a little upgrade. And so what you need to do is start listing names and people and situations and ministries and everything that you're praying for. And out beside that, don't leave it at just those names or those things. You start writing specifically what you're asking God to do in those ministries and those lives. Get specific with God. And you start even finding scriptures to go with that. And you start praying the scriptures for those people you start praying the scriptures for those ministries you start praying the scripture over those situations and ask god specifically to move that's praying like you mean it that's praying like you mean it so pray specifically that's what this servant did god says don't stop there though i want you to pray specifically but i also want you to pray expectantly I want you to pray expectantly. I want you to expect me to move when you ask that I will come through. This servant wouldn't have prayed this prayer if he didn't think, really think that God would answer him. He absolutely believed God was going to answer him. He he threw up the prayer and said, God, now you move and shake and show me and and I'm going to trust that you're going to move as I step out and pray. I mean, we are called to do the same thing. Let's get this passage in James chapter one. This is why some of our prayers just bounce and hit the ceiling and bounce and hit the ceiling. We feel like God's not listening. We feel like God's not coming through and God, where are you? And we, we keep asking these things. It's because we haven't embraced this right here. It says this, but when you ask, you must, what's the word? Believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Maybe that describes our prayer life today. Maybe that, maybe that makes sense of why God hasn't come through is because when I've asked and I've prayed, I've, you know in your own heart that you doubt whether God's going to come through. See, prayer takes faith. That's why I think the whole sign thing's overblown. That's why if we rely on signs and, and God to prove things and show me and, and exactly how I, you know, once you show me and prove it, then I'll move forward. No, that's no faith. Prayer takes faith and Hebrews is clear. Hebrews says, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And so you step out without seeing the answer. You step out in prayer without knowing the results and you ask God boldly. It also says in Hebrews that anyone that comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Man, we got to believe in the character and the nature and the closeness of God that he wants to not only hear our prayers, he longs to answer our prayers. Man, that's, that's who we're praying to. And it comes down to the character and nature of God. And how do we view God? Is he trying to withhold things? Or is he love to pour out good gifts on his children? That's a big difference. It means we trust God implicitly. Trust God implicitly. And look, I don't believe that when I pray that every time I pray, God's going to answer the prayer exactly the way I answer it. I don't believe that. But I do believe this. Every time I pray, God is going to answer. Do you believe that? Every time I pray, God is going to come through however He chooses to come through. Every time I pray, He's going to meet me in that need and make me closer to Him. Every time I pray, He is near and not far. Man, I believe those things. Man, we send up Charlie Brown wishy-washy prayers, don't we? God, if it's your will. God, if you're not too busy. God, if it's not too much trouble. God, if you're listening. And it's hard. The scriptures are clear. God is listening. God loves to answer the prayers of his children. So we need to identify the reason you and I have doubts when it comes to prayer. You and I need to identify the reasons we have doubt when it comes to our prayer life. And there's several things that came to my mind. There's reasons we don't confidently and boldly pray to the God we know. There's reasons you and I doubt. And the reason first could be we don't believe God cares as much about the situation as we do. It questions the compassion and the empathy and the love and care of God. That maybe he's got bigger things and more pressing issues. Or maybe uh, I'm just not that high on his list. Or maybe this is just uh, something that he's not concerned with. If you are concerned with it, guess what? Your God is concerned with it. That's what makes a good marriage, you know. If my wife is upset about it, guess what? It's got my attention. (laughs) Or it will eventually. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to her, then it's a what? It's a big deal. If I've... If my kids are struggling with it something, and I know that down the road they're going to get past it, and it's not going to be a big deal, and the grand scheme of things, it's going to be all right, but in the moment they are upset and torn, it is a big deal to me and i'm I'm that ungodly father um, that we read in uh, Matthew chapter seven. Though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? God cares about your situation, I promise you. If you don't hear anything else today, hear that. God cares about what you're struggling with. God cares what's on your heart, and he wants to come and meet you in that moment. Maybe the reason you don't pray confidently is you don't really believe God has the power to deliver, that God is limited somehow, or there's things that are out of his realm or out of his domain or out of his control. Can I tell you this morning, church, that God is sovereign and rules and reigns and nothing is out of his reach? Yes. Give him praise. Man, he's bigger than we give him credit. He's bigger than we give him credit. He's infinite. He's eternal. He's beyond time and space and matter. Let that rattle around in your brain. He has the power to deliver. Maybe you doubt God and you pray with doubt because you don't feel you are worthy of his response. Because of your past or your present sin or your lifestyle or whatever it may be, you think, well, maybe God doesn't want to hear from me right now or today because of where I'm at. And I say fooey on that. God has made you worthy through his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe you believe and you doubt because you don't think God is listening because there's been a time in your life where you laid everything out to him before and you prayed as earnestly as you knew how and you asked for a miracle or you asked God to come through in some supernatural way and it didn't pan out the way you wanted. Guys, I hate those situations. And I don't always have the answer why he doesn't answer the way we want other than he only gives what? Good gifts. So there's a God who does care. There's a God who has the power. There's a God who says you are worthy. There is a God who is listening and he longs for you to come to him and pour your heart out to him in prayer. In fact, listen to this. I love this from Hebrews 4. It says, then let us approach God's throne of grace. Picture that. When you're going to God, you can picture him sitting upon a throne and it's surrounded by grace. Grace is that you get more than you deserve. You get more than you're worthy of. You get, more, you get more of God than you should because it's grace. That's what grace means. It's undeserved merit and favor. And God's upon his throne of power and he's surrounded by grace. And he says, let us approach God's throne of grace in confidence, with confidence, with confidence, so that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Man, that is is all I need to hear, that there's a God that we can approach confidently and boldly in prayer. We can be obnoxious in prayer. We can ask for crazy things in prayer because if it's not His will, He'll throw it out and we can go to Him and, and pray like we mean it, taking a big old bite out of the burger. We have to have faith, though, that he will do what he's promised to do. And it's not if, but when. I think, I think that's what we've got to change in our prayer life. It's not if you do, but when you do. I, I think that's how you, you communicate an expectation. That's how you communicate a, a trust and a confidence in God. It's not if you can bring my loved one to Christ. Not if you can bring my loved one to faith, but God, when you bring them to faith in you, I'm standing here believing that you will. I, when you do that, God, then I'm gonna rejoice, but until that day, make me a faithful witness. You see the difference? God, it's not when you put food on the table and put gas in the car, when I'm out of money, God, not if you do that, but it's when you do that, not if you can come through, but when you come through, not if we have enough food, but when you provide the food, God, I'll give you praise. God, it's not if you can give me peace. In the midst of this storm and this tragedy and this hardship in my life, it's not if you can give me peace. But God, when you give me your peace. God, I cry out for your peace, believing that in the midst of this, you long to give it to me. Knowing it is His will. Knowing His peace for your life is His will. Knowing that people come to faith in Christ is His will. Knowing that His provision in your life is His will. Knowing so makes us bold in prayer, doesn't it? Not God. Don't pray like God can answer your prayer. Pray like He will answer your prayer. That's what it means to pray like you mean it. Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley great communicator. He said, we pray little prayers. Perhaps that's why little happens. I think there's some truth in that. Here's my question, church. What are you praying big for? What are you praying bold for? Are you praying to get through the day or get through the week? Are you praying that God to do some amazing things in your family or your workplace or your school or your heart or your friend? God, not, not little prayers, not tiny prayers, but big prayers. We've got some big prayers we're praying for this church We're praying that by 2020 There's a thousand people in this building on a sunday morning That's a big prayer But I believe it We've been praying it for a year and a half We're going to keep praying it because I believe our god is able To do that There's going to be a lot of stories of lives radically changed by jesus christ because we expect him to do so I don't have to ask god does he want lots of people to come to know him? I know he does I know he does. I don't know how many of you have read the book Heaven Is Real. It's a good book. Heaven Is Real. And if you don't, I don't want to spoil the whole story, but here I go. <laughs> um, so the son has a tragic accident. He's on the operating table. He's near death, and and the father is a pastor, and he's angry. And he goes into a private room, and he had been trying to be strong, and he tried to keep it together, and he cuts loose on God in this moment. And he blasts God. God, I have served you faithfully. I have been loyal to you. I've given my life for you, and this is how you treat me. Why are you doing this to my son? And he rages against God, and he cries out to God, and he, and he prays bold prayers for God to God. He's angry in his prayer. And how do you think God responds to that kind of prayer? Well, the end of that story is that young boy makes it. He comes back. And as they're over the months, they're talking with him about his experience. And the little boy says, dad, I saw you praying. While I was on the operating table. And they'd never mentioned anything about that to him. And he said, it's because of those prayers. When I got to heaven and I was talking with God, and God said, he told me, he saw you praying, and when you prayed, he said, I need to send you back because of your father's prayers. See, God didn't shy away from that prayer. He loved that bold prayer. He didn't even care if it was wrapped in anger or disappointment or frustration or whatever. He says, I'm here, you call out to me. We've got to stop praying generic prayers, going through the motions of the same old routine. We need to start praying specifically for God to move in such a tangible way that it's unmistakably God who does it. We need to tell God what's really going on in our heart, not surface level stuff, but really get down to the crux of where we are emotionally and relationally and physically and tell him. If you've doubted God, if you're you're questioning the efficiency of prayer, it's time to throw those doubts aside and start trusting God again, that He is worthy of your trust. And pray bold, expectant, God-sized prayers because you can trust Him. And I'm going to challenge you, church, that that you're going to make a commitment to not pray little wimpy Charlie Brown prayers anymore, but big, hearty-sized, thick-burger prayers for God. Bold. And let me just say this. As I've been talking, if you just still like you lack the confidence to approach God in that sort of manner, then, then I can't help but think that perhaps you're lacking the faith to do so. See, I want to read one more verse. Hebrews chapter 10 says this. We have confidence to enter the most holy place, that throne room of grace. We have confidence to enter that place of prayer by the blood of Jesus himself. See, there's only one way to God, there's only one way to heaven, and there's only one avenue to prayer, to know that God answers our prayers, and it is through the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ. That is the only way that your prayers and my prayers will be heard. We have no business approaching a holy God apart from the blood of Christ covering our sins. And if you've never experienced that, if you've never had the the cleansing forgiveness of Christ come into your life and have a new relationship with God because you can approach God through the shed blood of Jesus, today God wants you to do that. God is offering and extending a relationship with you. He wants you to know Him and be intimate with Him and know that He is listening and near. Now, I'm going to pray in just a second that if that's your decision, that you you would... uh, respond to god's invitation to a relationship today But i'm going to pray and then the band's going to play and when they come up If you uh, if you made a response today if you want to um, say i'm going to live boldly in prayer or you say yes I want to know jesus christ as my savior Then uh, we want you to go to some counselors here in the back, but I also want to say this If you have a prayer need If there's something while i've been talking and you just like I need god to come through I need him to move or we want you to move right back there and ask them to pray for you, and they will pray with you until God says you're good. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this privilege that you're a God that is not far away, that you're a God that is near, and you've, you've drawn us near to yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. God, would you give us the courage and the faith to, bold, to pray big, bold, specific, expectant prayers. And God, I pray for anyone here this morning that lacks the confidence to do so. And they know it's because they don't have a relationship with you. And they need to know what it means to be forgiven. They need to know what it means to be loved by the Father. They need to know what it means to know they can come to you at any moment because you're near. They need to place their faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done that the God of the universe stepped out of heaven, took on all their sin, all their shame, all their guilt, all their condemnation, and he took it to a cross, and it was judged, and it was removed. So if that's you this morning, if you want to cry out to God and say, God, I need your forgiveness, just tell him that right where you are. God, I need your forgiveness, and I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I believe he died for me, and he rose to set me free. Oh, we'll rejoice in your decision this morning. We give God praise for that. And God, for those that are needing a movement of prayer, an answer to prayer they're longing for, God, would you meet them right now? And you speak as we sing, in Jesus' name, amen.